he gave me his card and it said he graduated from Kyoto Seka University. I was like, oh, oh my God, my that's goodness. my dream university. I've always wanted to go there. That's yes. amazing. Yeah, this is complete happenstance. This is right. complete. I just happened to go to this event because I had my artwork. Somebody told me, go downstairs to the secret event. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. So I go down there. I show my work. And that's how this was able to happen. So it's not complete luck. Like, you got to talk to people. You never know what can happen. The next day, he sent me a Facebook message. Yo, I just talked to my professor. Uh, are you free on Monday? I'm like, hell yeah, I'm free on Monday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a dream so, come true. Yeah. <laughs> so I go to visit my dream school that I've been looking at for like two or three years. And yeah. like, I've been on their website so many times. They have like famous mangaka that guests, like guests teach here. This is the only university in the world that has graduate degrees in my field. Right. Um, so I meet this professor. Won't you come along with me? Hello, hello. Welcome to Young, Gifted, and Abroad, perspectives on studying abroad from past and present students of color. Also, welcome to Black History Month, also known as February. And <laughs> my name is Danielle. And I'm so excited to be able to talk to you today because today I have my friend Kofi as the guest. Kofi is a very multifaceted individual. He is a manga artist, manga being uh, Japanese style comics or graphic novels. Kofi draws those. (laughs) Uh, Kofi is also a boxer and he's also a student. He's currently Uh, pursuing his undergraduate degree and hopes to become a professor one day and something that's really interesting about Kofi is that he actually started college um, started university and then dropped out for a time to pursue professional boxing and then at some point he decided he wanted to continue his studies and also commit more to his art and for him that really started with going to Japan for the first time Uh, So he paid his own way to go to Japan, to Fukuoka more specifically, uh, to study Japanese and learn about manga there as well for a month. And then something very specific happened during that time which made him want to come back to school, get his bachelor's degree and, you know, be able to take advantage of whatever future opportunities might come in Japan later on. And so that's where he is now. He's currently a studio art major at Eastern Illinois University. And uh, just recently, actually, he just got back last month in January. Um, This past fall semester, he spent in Japan again. He went back to Japan, this time to the Osaka area, where he studied Japanese and manga, just like the first time, but in a more profound way than the last time. And a lot of really amazing things came together for him during that time, especially in regard to developing as an artist, uh, learning how to format his work for competitions, and even for boxing. He got involved with a boxing scene over there, and uh, it was just up to some really cool things that I can't wait for you to hear about. So Kofi and I mostly talked about his, uh, his times in Japan, uh, but also, he had a lot to share with me about his approach to to life, to his craft, both as an athlete and an artist, his approach to education, uh, because he you know, does want to become even more involved in the academic realm going forward, 
and also his approach to uh, getting funding, <laughs> getting scholarships for study abroad and for other endeavors as well. So yeah, I really enjoyed learning so much from Kofi and I hope that you will learn a lot from him as well. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy my interview with my friend, Kofi Bazell smith But I guess that's yeah. a conversation for a different day. Yeah, sure, um, sure. <laughs> but anyway, I'm glad that you're doing well. <laughs> thank um, you. Thank you for agreeing to be a guest on this podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, why don't we start with you introducing yourself? So, like, whatever you sure. want to say about yourself, okay. how about it? Yeah, all right. So, my name is Kofi Bazell smith I am a manga artist, which is the Japanese sequential art medium. I'm also a boxer. I've been boxing for 11 years, a uh, former Golden Gloves champion. Mm. I'm a U.S.-Japan bridging scholar, Freeman Foundation scholar. Uh, I speak Japanese. I'm studying Chinese. And um, I've studied in Japan twice now. I've gone to Japan twice to study manga. I'm currently an undergraduate student. Yeah, basically that, that pretty much sums, sums it up, my major activities. Okay. Wow. It's like you're already so accomplished and like decorated oh, no. already. <laughs> you're still so young. Oh, um, no. That's a, still a long way to go. Still right. a long way to go. <laughs> um, I didn't realize that when you went this most recent time, that was your second time going yes, to yes. Japan. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, yeah. So this is my first study abroad, but my second time going. The first, I just went by myself. Oh, okay. And how did that go the first time? Were you there for uh, as long? Oh no, I was so this was crazy experience, but I was there for one month. I um I really hadn't left my hometown too okay. often by that time. And then I was just like, I wanna like start taking my life seriously. So saved up five thousand dollars and quit my job and just flew myself to Japan for a month and I studied at a private language school. Cool. And that sort of motivated me to get back into school. That's I'm just thinking about how much courage that must take but you said you were like determined to well you said take your life more seriously what does that mean? yeah 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 so okay so so when i was 18 i had a full ride to the university of illinois and uh, my parents had sort of been planning that since you know since i was born because that's the town we grew up in mm-hmm. i dropped out right away to become a boxer um so i was broke for a long time mm. i was just working a bunch of minimum wage jobs working at factories and stuff and and I was enjoying boxing, but I wasn't really cultivating intellectual side. Mm-hmm. I studied Japanese at community college for a little bit, and it was really easy, and I, I got straight A's. And But then I just kind of lost it. And one day I was just working another temp job, and I was like, I got to do something, you know? I, gotta, I haven't really been doing anything with my art. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not studying anything. So I found... Um, looked online. I found a Japanese tutor in my hometown, started studying with her. Uh, I started saving up money, and I was like, I'm going to go to Japan. Mm. And that, yeah, that just that sort of changed everything. Wow. That's what I really liked about, well, one of the, the many things I really liked about um, your story, from what I mm-hmm. saw you post on Facebook. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That you decided to, I guess, give yourself another try. Um, yes. A- another shot at the what you wanted to study and the type of life that you wanted like it wasn't like a straight trajectory you know and i think oh, that's yeah. very um 
inspiring because I think especially when you're, well, when you're a student, first of all, but especially like in your 20s, it's like this like prescribed straight shot that you should follow. And you kind of started on that way. But like you said, you you dropped out to pursue other things. And then you're Mm -hmm. like, you know, let me let me try this again. Let me figure out what I can do to 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 do these things that have kind of been set to the side. So I just I find that just so inspiring about your story that you took that initiative to do everything that you've you've done up to this point. Well, thank you. Yeah, the straight shot doesn't always work for everybody. I yeah. think for some people it does, and that's fine. Um, but I think everybody has a different path, and it's important to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes mistakes aren't really mistakes. It's just holding things off for a better time, I think. Right. For sure. So when, when you went to Japan for the, the one month, the first time you went, was yeah. that in Tokyo? Or like- no, so that was in Fukuoka, oh, in okay. Kyushu, on the southern, yeah, the southern island. Okay. I ask because mm-hmm. I know that's where a lot of people go first is Tokyo. But Fukuoka, I've heard really nice yeah. things about. It, yeah, it's great. So it's the fifth biggest city in the country. Um, yeah. And it has these different boroughs, kind of like how um, these different wards, kind of like how New York is. Mm-hmm. So there's a place that's really like you say, like she's in like very countryside. And there's also the, the 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 downtown big city, which are like 25 minute train ride away from each other. So you mm-hmm. kind of get every sense of Japan. There's like three beaches there. So there's a yeah you know, there's a lot of variety in Fukuoka and it's a very light laid back uh, city. Yeah, nice. So you were there for one month at yes. a language school. How was it structured in such a way that you were able to learn and improve in just like one month one month's time? So the interesting thing. So so I'll preface this by saying I had already taken two years of community college in Japanese. Right. It had been many years before, and then to catch up, I did like two or three months with a private tutor one-on-one. So the interesting thing is I didn't learn very much in the in the language classes. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, they're actually, um, I got put in a level that was too low um, and they were trying to consolidate the students. It was a it was kind of like a cheap language school. There's tons of language <laughs> schools all over Japan. There were like three or four in that city that I found online. Uh-huh. It was okay. Um, <laughs> I... Mainly the reason why why I went to that language school is because they actually had a manga course. And I was like, I want to draw manga. This is what my main interest is. So I took a manga course and I took a language course. And I was also training at a professional boxing gym the entire time I was there. Mm-hmm. I learned most of my Japanese in the boxing gym because nobody spoke English. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And in the, the manga course, actually, since it was a small language school, nobody else signed up. So it was just one-on-one with me and the professor for like four hours a day wow. and he doesn't speak and he doesn't speak English. <laughs> so, I mean, it was a struggle at first. Yeah. The language courses were, it was like way beneath my level. It was stuff that I had already studied before, right? but it was also in Japanese and very easy Japanese. So I could ask questions when I needed, but the way that I improved so much was I immersed myself in the culture. I did not speak English. I stayed far away from Americans and other Westerners. Um, and I just hung out with Japanese people all the time. I boxed with Japanese people. I did art with Japanese people. And that's that's how I improved. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that's what is um, is advised, especially for people who want to learn a language, is to immerse themselves, you know. And it seems like, yes. well, like you said, the most progress you made was through experiences and interacting directly with people. Absolutely. Um, that's so funny you mentioned being in that um, the manga class all by yourself because when yeah. I when I studied in Japan, no one else 
wanted to sign up for the level I was doing, so I was uh-huh. by myself the whole time. Oh, so you okay? So, so yeah, the exact same experience. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was like it was like awkward at first, right? Like right. <laughs> Yeah. Like, no, I you, think that's good. Yeah, no, I thought it was great. It was, uh, yeah. it was just difficult. I mean, to be honest, I was a little lonely, right? And then yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. if you have an off day, if you're not feeling all right, you can't just be like fade in the background because yeah, you're the only one. No. You have to be on every day. Yeah. So it was a you got to perform, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the teacher's position; they don't get to have an off day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. um, that just reminded me of that when you said that because it was the same with okay. me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, honestly, yeah. So I, I get that, but um, I think you get so much more out of it because you get all of their time. Uh, right, exactly. You get all the teacher's time. Yeah. Well, I, it was I, really life changing. Yeah, it sounds like it. So that mm-hmm. that first time was that. Had you already decided you wanted to go back to school before you went to J- to Japan, or was Japan? Um, no, actually, okay. I um I didn't have a plan, and I had thought of. So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. So after I dropped out of the U of I, um, Parkland College is the community college in my hometown. Mm-hmm. I have been in and out of community college for like eight years okay. so yeah i had tons of credit hours and just random majors so i was always in and out of school just taking random classes just whatever piqued my interest mm-hmm. but i was never um i was never a degree seeking student i was just a part-time student just taking classes because i was like oh philosophy that's cool mm-hmm. or you know so when i came back or just before i came back so first i should say um also, when I went to Japan, I got the chance to stay with a friend the entire time, so I didn't have to pay rent, which was nice. Oh, perfect. Um, but that friend is really, really what motivated me. I think him and his colleagues are what motivated me to, to return to school. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a researcher at Kyushu University, which is like, it's the number four university in the country. He's a scientist. All of his friends are scientists. He's got like a famous professor and all that. And um of course, I went to the campus with him several times and I got to meet his colleagues and talk to them and they were all internationals. And as we were talking and hanging out and discussing future and such, I was like, wait, these people aren't smarter than me. Why, why do they have degrees and I don't? <laughs> you know, like, I'm talking on the same level as them. Yeah. I was like, I, and then my friend was like, yeah, you should go to school. And um, so actually Kyushu University is tied um to a research facility called Qlux, which is right next to it. It was a brand new state-of-the-art research facility. Now, mm-hmm. this was back in 2017. It was brand new. They still need to staff the place. So his professor, um, Chihaya Adachi, gave me a personal tour of this state-of-the-art scientific research facility where they construct like LED lights, which it's interesting. It's made out of powder, um, but that's beside the point. Anyway, he after the tour, they offered me a job as a translator. So this Whoa. is a translator at like one of the top universities in Japan at a state-of-the-art research facility. They know my Japanese isn't good enough. So they said, we're <laughs> going to put you in a language school and then we're going to train you up and you're going to translate for us. But here's the thing. In order to work in Japan as an American, to get a visa, the minimum requirement is a bachelor's degree. Oh, right, right. So that was a huge, crazy job opportunity. And because I wasn't prepared with the degree, I couldn't get it. Mm. So I was like, I really want to go back to Japan. The only way to do that is to get a degree. And as you know, um, if you don't have a degree, as you may know, there is like a tourist visa that lasts three months. So you can spend three months in Japan without a degree. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I was like, I I could easily see a future 
I could easily see a future here. I love the boxing scene in Japan. Uh, the boxing culture is so much different than it is in the States. I love them both, but it's very interesting. Mm. And I was like, yeah, a degree, that's, that's the next level so I can come back. Yeah, because I missed an opportunity there. Yeah. So then you came back and decided to go for your degree. I came back and returned to the community college. And yeah. it was just the gen eds I had to get done, which I hate because I, I hate following rules and doing things <laughs> that I'm not interested in. Right. My transcript, my counselor, my transcript was so bizarre. It was nothing but A's and F's, really. Wow. My, yeah, because if I like a class, I stay. If I don't like a class, I didn't know what a withdrawal was at the time. Oh, okay. So you <laughs> so just didn't go. I literally just I just stopped going. And I was like, well, got what I needed out of this place <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> for like years. So like I had a 1.7 GPA, mm-hmm. but it wasn't a regular 1.7. It was like with over 100 attempted credit hours over eight years. So. Wow. So I had to spend three semesters getting straight A's grinding just to pull it up to a two so I could transfer to my current university. Okay. Um, joined the Japanese Culture Club, became president. I kept studying. The nearby university had like a Japanese conversation table that I would attend uh, weekly. And I started just, I started drawing manga, started drawing manga like a whole lot. Like mm-hmm. I was spending, I didn't have a job when I came back. I was really broke, but I was spending maybe 10 or 15 hours a day sometimes just drawing, mm-hmm. trying to perfect my craft and just focus on getting back to Japan, trying to figure out what scholarships are and, you know, all the different routes to get back. Yeah. So you were really motivated to make this make this whole thing work. Wow. Y- yeah, because, um, I mean, you know, I'd never really been too far outside of my hometown. I haven't even been around the States that much. Okay. And I realized, like, you can actually just save money and go to Japan. There's so many people I know. There's so many black people I know mm-hmm. that are interested in Japan that don't realize you can go. They don't realize that they can go. Yeah. J- you know? You just go. I was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was like, man, there's probably other stuff that I can do. So I was just like, what are the things that I think are really cool that I'm probably scared because I'm afraid, but um, I can do now that I knew I could do this. I'm going to make money being a manga artist. I'm going to follow my passion. I'm going to keep doing manga. I'm going to keep boxing. I'm going to get my degree. I'm going to become a professor. So I decided that when I came back, even though I had like 1.7 GPA and no job. <laughs> and I was like, I'm, yeah, it's possible. Yeah, you made it work. You're making it work. Yeah, I'm still not there yet. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so far, it looks like you're, you're doing all right. Um yeah. Thank you. Thank I was wondering about, um, well, drawing especially, but boxing as yeah. well. Were those things that you were in- always interested in? Yeah. So, so boxing is interesting. So, uh, my earliest memories, like in my entire life, are being in the kung fu school. Like my dad is a he was a Shaolin third degree black belt. Wow. He's a kung fu instructor. Um, so growing up, I was taking a children's class in kung fu, and my dad was actually the teacher for the children's class. Uh, me and my brother. So up until I was about nine years old, I was in the, I was in there as a baby. Like he would like carry me in. So I've been doing martial arts my whole life. I've done so Kung Fu for a really long time. Capoeira. Um, I wrestled in high school, um, which really got me interested in, in sports. I, I started a fight club when I was 17. Like, <laughs> yeah, like a real I started a fight club. So after school, we would meet at the park and we would put on MMA gloves because I saw MMA on TV and I was like, that's really cool. I can yeah. probably do that. <laughs> um, so we would meet up at the park and we would fight each other and um, it ended up getting shut down because a couple of people had to go to the hospital. But Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was really stupid. <laughs> <And> then, um, <laughs> 
Yeah, I was like running like a fight. Like it wasn't for money or anything. And I remember there was this one time these like adults, because we're all in high school. These adults all pulled up in these cars. And they were like, hey, we heard you guys were doing a fight club. Like, y'all want to do it for money? And we oh. were all like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so there was a nearby MMA gym. Mm-hmm. Um, they saw my activity, saw what I was doing. They was like, you want to join and actually fight? So after my fight club got shut down, I joined a mixed martial arts gym. And I um, that's kind of really what got me to drop out of school. Because like, this is way more fun than sitting in the classroom studying. Mm, yeah. So yeah. I did mixed martial arts, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, and landed in the boxing gym eventually. So I've kind of been doing that my whole life. Wow. Um, as for drawing, uh, Dragon Ball Z. Oh, When I was yeah. about, yep. That yeah. was the number one thing. When I was about eight years old, I saw Piccolo fighting Frieza. Um, <laughs> and I remember that was my very first uh, drawing that I that I tried. And ever since then, I've just been drawing comics in my room. I taught myself. Since I was eight years old, that's yeah, that's just always been a, a passion and um, central interest of mine. So, were you like completely self-taught until you took that first manga class in Fukuoka? Yes, I had okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was self-taught. So I um I took a drawing one course at my community college and I stopped going because I didn't know we were just going to be like drawing like bottles and stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, I, I didn't complete that. Um, but even the one in Fukuoka. It's interesting. <laughs> it's funny because, like, not that I was good at drawing by any means, but um, the teacher couldn't really draw better than me. Um, <laughs> but so what I hadn't realized, I thought it was going to be this intensive manga course. But when I got there, I realized it was like, hey, Western kids, this is manga. Uh, so it was very sort of childish, but yeah, I did get to learn about the manga. Yeah, exactly. The big thing I got to learn was the manga storytelling structure. That, that's what I learned in that course. So we produced uh, four page, I mean, sorry, four panel works. And the, the, the final project was a 16 page work. So I learned all about Kisho Tenketsu, which is the Japanese four arc uh, plot structure. Okay. Um, so that's really what I, what I took away from that course. And that's how I ended up um, putting out my first book and such. I, I went after the Kisho Tenketsu model. And I started teaching a workshop when I came back to the States as well on mm-hmm. everything that I learned in that course. So I didn't learn anything about drawing in that course. But I think something much, much more important. I started taking drawing courses at my current university, though, uh, last last year, last fall. Okay. So was that before or after you put out your book? <laughs> um, During. That was during. Okay. So during, like, during, at the during. same time you're learning, you're also putting out your own work. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I put out my very first book in um, in January of 2019. Oh wow! Okay. And it's just um, it's just a little kids book. Like this, I'm I'm taking like European academic figure drawing courses, which are very you know sort of realistic or drawing from live models. But Mm -hmm. um, my children's book, I mean, it's very cartoony. It's very chibi style. So the the courses I'm taking don't really add to that. But I mean, I've been drawing manga s pictures for my whole life mm-hmm. but um what i want to do is and i enjoy my children's story and i enjoy sharing this with english-speaking and japanese-speaking children because it's in two languages mm. but um eventually the reason why i took these courses is because i want to take my manga more seriously i don't want to just draw shonen or children themed work i'm going to start taking more serious subjects mm. and in order to take serious subjects you have to be able to draw serious pictures yeah so wow. that's why i decided to to take art, because I could have done any degree. I could have, you know, focused on a language or like international business or something like that. But mm-hmm. um, 
because there's so many artists who don't study art in school. But I wanted to get like the sort of European academic. This is the way the body looks. This is the way perspective looks, um, drawing style. And then I can sort of abstract it into manga, you know, yeah. but you, what, what I hear a lot of people, a lot of artists say is, um, especially people who are into drawing manga and anime. Mm-hmm. And this may be for people who are interested in, in starting to draw. You got to learn how to draw first and then you can change it into something different. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to know what the structure looks like, be able to draw a shape, know what, how the human body is constructed. And then you can form it into like a pointy chin, big eyed anime character. Mm-hmm. So I decided I needed to take, take a step back and actually learn how to draw. Yeah. That's so smart. Like you're getting that foundational knowledge first. Yeah, it's a weird. I'm getting it so late, but (laughs) it's still it's still very helpful. No, but it's cool because a lot of people don't know that jazz is like the same way. I'm only bringing jazz up because I used to like I used to like sing jazz for a little while. Oh, really? And so that's awesome. Um, thank you. <laughs> no, that's but, so cool. Um, what people don't know, I think people th- think about jazz and they th- immediately think about improvisation. But yeah. I feel like, especially the really dedicated jazz artists, yeah, they study because it's all about studying the standards, studying all the artists and the composers who came before you, so you can know yeah. those standards, and mm-hmm. then you can take th- those things and make them your own. And you ca- like learning the rules. So yeah. that you can then like break the rules and make them what Absolutely. you want. Yeah, Absolutely. it's the same concept in jazz. Yeah. So I'm so, uh, I just think that's so cool that that's the same approach that you're taking yeah. or that what you've learned is kind of like what people advise, like mm-hmm. forming that foundational knowledge before yeah. doing your own thing. And you know, yeah. it's the same in boxing. It's the exact same thing in boxing. Yeah. Um, okay. So the jab is the very first thing that you learn. After you, you learn your stance, you learn the jab. The jab is still the most important and the most useful punch that you can learn after all the like sort of advanced techniques that you learn, mm-hmm. the first thing you learn is the most important. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. And I think it's great that, um, granted, you're taking the time to like form that artistic foundation that you need. Mm-hmm. But it's not like, um, like you said, you've already put out your, your first book and you're still yeah. learning as opposed to maybe someone would be like, oh, I really want to do this thing. But I don't have the skills yet, so I'm just going to wait a few years. And then when I'm ready, then I'll put out yeah. some of my stuff. And, I mean, that works, too. But to think mm-hmm. that you're you're putting your th- stuff out at the same time that you know you're still progressing, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think that's really admirable. It takes courage, is what I'm saying. I suppose. And you're doing okay. it. Yeah. Well, um, you know, um, it took a long time to figure that out. Um, and, you know, Nike took the best slogan in the world, just do it. Yeah. To be honest, like <laughs> it doesn't matter how good it is. So here's the thing that was very, very interesting to me and it's how I want to talk about how I sort of snowballed my career. And I'm still in the process, of course. Yes. Um, I think it's important to have something complete, no matter how good or bad it is. So that when I first started, before I went to Japan even, how I started to sort of develop my artwork and take it seriously mm-hmm. is um, I started completing drawings. As weird as that sounds, I've been drawing my whole life. Yeah. But if there was an aspect or a piece or part of the picture that I didn't want to draw, I wouldn't finish it. Like I was afraid to draw hands. So I would draw people with their hands behind their back mm-hmm. or like, you know, or like it's always harder to draw that second eye. So I would just cover it up with some hair or I just oh, wouldn't draw the second okay. eye. Yeah. You know, a lot of artists do that. If you look in like a, a, a kid's sketchbook, there's so many like one eyed characters. Is it hard to <laughs> match crazy. them? Is that why they don't? It's hard to match them. Okay. That's why. But here's the thing. Do it anyway. 
um, <laughs> do it, do it wrong, and then just draw another picture. It doesn't matter how bad your sketch looks. Yeah. You know, and I realized that like just get stuff done. The way I started to get stuff done when I first came back to the states after I came back to Japan, mm-hmm. I started doing entire stories in just one page, mm-hmm. and it's done. And then I started doing two page stories. Then I started doing four page stories. And I started to build steam. Mm-hmm. And I started to build confidence in myself. And finally, when I did my book, it, it to be honest, it's only sixteen pages. Mm-hmm. But like, it's just a sixteen page book. But I have a book out, and it's done. It wasn't that hard to make, right? You know. And I always had this fanciful idea of like, I want to have like this hit series that's like all these books and all these volumes and stuff like that. And I tried tackling something like that before. But um, yeah, the best way to put it is baby steps. And I think, yeah, that's how you that's how you accomplish things and you, is you accomplish small tasks and yeah. then you build up to something larger. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And so that's what you that's what you've been doing. Um, that's what I've been doing. So yeah. right now I'm doing short manga works. I still don't have a full volume, but the last thing that I put out, um, it's a 30 page piece. So I'm still I feel like I'm in my training phase. I'm doing 16 page, 24 page, 30, 30 page pieces. I'm submitting them to Japanese competitions. Yeah. And each time I do another piece, it's a different subject. It's a different theme. I'm learning. I'm improving my art. I'm improving my storytelling ability. I'm getting feedback. And I feel like once I get a collection or an anthology of all these short pieces, I'll have so much experience that doing like a whole book or doing a whole series will be it'll be a breeze. Right. Right. Wow, that's so smart. That is so smart. Um, and then it's easy to say that you just have you have things published because it's really easy to self-publish, by the way. I can I can get into that later. If I'm sure people would be interested. That was mm. way easier than I thought it would be. You literally <laughs> just write copyright in the year that you did it on there and you published it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then, like you said, it's like you already have a body of work to reference when people want to see exactly. what it looks like. Yeah. And it wasn't that hard. I didn't take that much time. I mean, I put passion, of course, into it. This is what I love to do. Mm-hmm. But if I took too long trying to figure out what I want to do or make the perfect story instead of just getting something done. Like those books got me scholarships. Mm. You know, I got two 16 page books and they got me scholarships instead of trying to create some massive opus. I got something done. Yeah. 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 Well, I had another question, but since you mentioned it, do you mind uh, talking about your self-publishing process? Yeah, sure. So um, it was incredible. It was a lot easier than I thought it was. So, um, one of the temp jobs I used to work at was at a video game studio, mm-hmm. and I have some contacts from there. And one of the head writers, he, he knew I was interested in manga. He knew about my trip to Japan and all that stuff. And I messaged him one day. He told me if I ever have a question about self-publishing. Mm-hmm. So I messaged him one day, and I said, how do I self-publish? So he said, when you're formatting the work on the inside cover, write um, all rights reserved, copyright, and the year that you did it. And that's it. And <laughs> that's how you copyright it. You literally just write it yourself. So basically, all I did was I drew a 16-page piece. I scanned it in on my computer. I have a, an application called Clip Studio, which that's the Photoshop for manga artists. It used to be called Manga Studio, but I suppose they changed it so you know more people would be interested in buying it. But it's this Photoshop for manga artists. I colored it and edited it on there. I found a local print shop because I think it's important to work locally. And I said, hey, I want to make a book. I don't know anything about making a book. And they were like, how do you want it bound? What size? Blah, blah, blah. And I worked with them. I figured out, you know, sort of the bookmaking terminology. They they were they were free to work with me. I didn't know anything. And um, the first batch, I think I fr- printed like 50 to 100 copies. 
yeah, I just had to save up the money and and pay for it. And I paid them, and then they printed my books for me. They gave me a proof first so I could check to see if everything was right. They taught me how to format it. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, another thing that I kind of want to explain with this talk as I talk about all the things that I've done. Yeah. It comes from asking people. Like, coming from a place of ignorance. Like, I at, like when I went to Japan, I looked online. How Literally, how do you go to Japan? You know? Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. Or, like, when I wanted to publish a book, I looked online. How do you publish a book? I asked somebody, how do I publish this book? When I wanted to print it, I found local printers and I called them and I said, hey, I want to make a book. What do I have to do? And people will meet with you. Yeah. People will tell you. When I got my scholarships, I didn't know anything about scholarships. I walked into the honors office. I was not an honor student. I had a 2.0. Then mm-hmm. I said, hey, I want to go to Japan. Um, what do I do? And people will, people will help. People will answer those questions, especially um, in an academic university setting. It's their right. job. Right. You know? Right, it's their job to help you. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think a lot of students don't take advantage of that, yeah. and they don't realize sort of what opportunities are there. Um, I was sort of galvanized by my personal interest in getting to Japan, mm-hmm. and that made me realize there's a lot of things that you can do, and there's a lot of people available to help. Yeah, it's just it's just really it's it's just really interesting, sort of like the tools that we already have available to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So use those tools to figure out how to get your book published. Yeah. And you said that that book. Oh, wait, no, I wanted to go back because you mentioned uh, applying to uh, Japanese manga competitions, right? Yes. Yes, I did. So, I mean, how how does that work and how has that experience been for you? Yeah. So that's um, I'm still in the process of that. I've applied to one so far. Mm-hmm. Um the, the toughest part is they're all in Japanese. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, there are some in English as well. There are, um, for example, the Shogakukan Award, which is like the biggest one for for uh, new applicants. They um, they accept what's called Kaigai uh, no Hito, which is um, foreign. They accept foreigners because a lot of them don't accept foreigners. You need to have a Japanese address. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, because, you know, it's just easier to manage that way and you have to mail it in. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, I have some friends in Japan whose addresses I can use. So. <laughs> That's, nice. that's how I'm doing that. Yeah, right. I'm just going to use their address. <laughs> so I found out about the manga competitions fairly recently, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went back to Japan, and um, I just came back earlier this month. I just came back on the second. Mm-hmm. So this time was, yeah. So this time was uh, through a study abroad program, an exchange program through my university. Yeah. And uh, the school that I went to is a language school, Kansai Gaidai University, but it's actually an accredited institution. Mm-hmm. They have a, an elective as a manga production course. And that's the reason why I chose the school. So my professor graduated from Kyoto Seikai University, which is the only manga school in the world. You can get like graduate degrees. She, had, she has her PhD in, in manga studies and theory. Oh my gosh, that's Which so is cool. insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so she taught me a lot about sort of what it's like to produce a manga. We produced a book um, at the end of the semester, all the mm-hmm. students together in an anthology. So that's what basically what our project that we worked on. But anybody who wanted to submit to competitions, she told us about it. She encouraged us to apply and she sort of um, laid out the steps to apply. There's a lot of formatting things. Mm-hmm. You don't just draw something and then submit it. It has to be like A4 or B4 size paper. Um, but if you look at the competitions, they all have their guidelines that are very explicitly stated. Uh, the thing about them, it's, it's all written in Japanese. So mm-hmm. you have to know Japanese to submit to most of these competitions. Okay. But I found some other ones in English. 
Um, and the way I found them is I Google search manga competition 2020 mm. and you'll find a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I've, I've, I learned a lot of stuff and I found a lot of stuff on Google. So most of my Japanese study is on my own. And that's from internet search and, and free resources. Just yeah. from looking stuff up. I found some major scholarships. So like I got a U.S. Japan Bridging Foundation scholarship, which is like that's one of the major scholarships to go to Japan. I found that on a Google search. My school didn't tell me about that. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yep. Wow. I, I, yeah. So the way you search for scholarships is it has to be very particular to sort of your interest. Um, so like I search art scholarships. I search um, study abroad in Japan scholarships. And that's how stuff comes up because there's too many scholarships and you have to narrow down the search. Right. Um, so three scholarships that I got were outside of my university because I searched for them. And those were actually the three biggest so the U.S. Japan Bridging Foundation Scholarship is up to five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. The Freeman the Freeman Study in Asia Scholarship is up to five thousand dollars. I got both of those, and um, then there's also um, I search manga scholarships, and apparently there's something called the Midwest Animation Promotion Society for people who are interested in anime and manga that live in the Midwest, and they gave me three thousand dollars. No way. Yep, I would have never found out about it, but it was from hours and hours of Google searching. Yeah. Like Google is, Google is such a powerful tool. This is not an advertisement for them because they have enough money. Right, right. But I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> no, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> searching and asking questions is so important. Like yeah. I didn't just, I didn't know any of this stuff. Yeah. I didn't know any of this stuff. It's searching and asking questions and putting time in and putting work in. Yeah, that's that's that is really important. I mean, mm-hmm. and look how far that got you, just being willing to ask and to to yeah. seek out that information that you didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. So like the after I came back from Japan the first time, I was like, next time I'm going back to Japan, I'm not paying for it cuz that that hurt my wallet, man. I came back <laughs> with no money. Mm. It was hard. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'm not paying for it next time. There's things called scholarships. Um, so when I went the second time, I just came back from four months, one semester in Japan. Mm-hmm. They paid for that. You didn't pay anything? I didn't pay anything. I applied for like almost 40 scholarships. I did. I, I got probably less than half of them, mm-hmm. but I spam applied for a bunch <laughs> of scholarships. <laughs> so like 500 here, 1,000 there, 2,500 there. I got the 3,000, you know, and they added up. Yeah, I'm like... <laughs> I appreciate that you had that attitude of like, I'm not paying for this. Someone is paying for yeah. I'm going to Japan <laughs> nope. and I'm going nope. to get someone else to pay for me to do it. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. And it's like other other <laughs> other people can do that. And it's like it's ridiculous. I um I've realized recently I've been talking to my mentor about this as well, which I like to talk about my mentor too. He's helped me a lot with this, not sure, just me. Sure. Um there's so much funding. Like, I'm in the arts. You wouldn't think you know, you always we always imagine that artists are broke and such. Mm-hmm. Um, in academia, it's like a cheat code. People want to fund art, mm-hmm. um, and people fund STEM even more. You know, like science and math and all that stuff. There's there's like so many scholarships and grants that you just find from searching, mm-hmm. searching mm-hmm. on Google. Endless, a lot of money. If you're serious about your craft and you're willing to work. And the other important thing that I learned from my from my uh, mentor, so it's not just how good you are at drawing, it's how you write about your work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, most of the scholarships that I got from my university, so I was writing about manga, right? Yeah. There was no option to submit a portfolio. I wrote about manga and drawing, and they didn't even see. I could be drawing stick figures. 
And they wouldn't know. <laughs> no, they wouldn't know. But it's about how you write about your work. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's what your work means to you. So I use, so I was being honest. But what I was saying was I want to use my artwork as a bridge between cultures. And you have to find something that's very particular to you. What makes you interesting? What makes you different? There's not a lot of black mangaka who are making manga in Japanese. You know, that's something that I wanted to pursue. Um, what makes you stand out? How is your work going to benefit society? Why should we give you money? If you can answer those questions and you can show that you're genuinely interested and um, this is just for study abroad applications. If you're genuinely interested in going to that country, most of the times they'll give you money. Mm-hmm. That's true. But I just met with my study abroad coordinator the other day, and she's trying to get me to reach out to students. Um, the students aren't taking advantage of the money. They got like this $25,000 grant to give tuition waivers to students who study abroad, and they don't use it all every year because people don't know that they can just apply for it. Wow. wow. Yeah, I'm sure it's like that at other universities, too. Yeah, because I don't, I don't go to a big school. You mentioned your mentor. Is this a is your mentor located in Illinois? So kind of. Um, okay. He's doing a fellowship. He's doing a fellowship right now. So my mentor's name is Stacy Robinson. Okay. He is a black comic artist, a graphic designer, educator. He's actually one of the pioneers of the Afrofuturist movement, mm. um, along with um, some of my other sort of friend mentors, uh, John Jennings and Damian Duffy. They're sort of all in that in that same area so i actually my my father introduced me to him when i came back from japan because they both work at the university of illinois which is in my hometown the place i dropped out of Mm. so (laughs) stacy is a a graphic design and illustration professor at the u of i he draws black comics and uh we got to talk and we started going to cafes together and he's sort of been laying out a plan for me sort of how to become a professor how to work on your artwork um, how to talk about your artwork, really simple things like how to do paneling for my comics, you know, very concrete, practical things. He got me a couple of freelance jobs. But here's the thing. It's not just because like, oh, I'm very skilled. He, he what The way that you get a mentor and the way that you get people to want to give you money is the simplest way to put it. And your way to get people to like sort of support you is you have to be determined. You have to be serious about what you're doing. Yeah. That, yeah. So I've been I've been working with him for the past little over two years now um right and it's crazy my mentor was a huge um sort of he set a huge example for me about how it's not too late he went back to the university i think at 28 years old Mm. um he's doing a year-long fellowship at harvard university right now wow that's why he's not in (laughs) illinois yeah Yeah. and so like the university of illinois is a research institution and this is a this is basically we're we're comic book nerds Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) he's getting a bunch of money to to um to do a fellowship at Harvard where he's drawing comics and talking about hip hop. Yeah. That's what the fellowship is for. And he comes back to the U of I and he still has his job when he gets back. So like don't let people tell you that what your your interest is too sort of parochial, too narrow. Uh, especially if you're an artist. Don't let people tell you there's no money in art because yes there is. Right. Ha- I mean, Harvard will take you if you're serious about what you're doing. Yeah, and you know <laughs> firsthand. Um Yeah. That that's true. Yeah. That 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 trip to Japan I just came back from that was like, that was like a little over seventeen thousand dollars. I did not pay for that. Didn't pay anything. That's I didn't wonderful. pay for that. No. That's wonderful. Yeah. I wanted and to I, ask- and most oh, of those scholarships. I, I'm sorry, but uh, I didn't apply for all the scholarships because I missed some deadlines. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, there's that's it. There's just if kids are listening, like you can get more money than I did. Yeah. 
No, that's definitely possible. That's definitely possible. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask about your most recent trip to Japan. Um, yeah. But before I get uh, forget, um, the scholarships that you applied to, I, I feel like most people are probably familiar about, you know, you like maybe write an essay about why you should get the scholarship, what are you going to do with uh -huh. it, that type uh -huh. of thing. Uh -huh. But for, yeah. the, for the U.S. Japan Bridging Scholarship and the Freeman... The Freeman Scholarship as well. Was there, yes. because they're like bigger names, so to speak, was there anything mm -hmm. in particular you had to do for those besides the, like the, what you were already doing for the other scholarship applications? Well, I think there's two major things. No, three. There's, so there's three major things that got me those scholarships. Mm -hmm. One, I went to Japan. I flew myself to Japan. Yeah. And you know, it's different for different people, but sort of this will give an idea like that, that showed determination, that showed specific interest in Japan. Mm -hmm. um, two, I put out a book in Japanese, um, so they know that I'm interested in the language. I tried something. Also, I started the Japanese culture club in my university, mm. um, which wasn't really, to be honest, it wasn't really that hard. It wasn't a big deal. We, we, it would just be like four of us talking about anime. Mm -hmm. Like every Friday, <laughs> but on on paper, so like the children's book that I did is very childish, sort of chibi drawings. You can put out a children's book if you can't draw, and you can publish it, and mm -hmm. say you have a published children's book. To be honest, yeah, um, I'm not saying don't like pursue a craft or don't try to cheat, but like <laughs> I put out a children's book that wasn't very hard to draw, okay. but on paper I have a published work. I started a Japanese culture club, which really I met some friends in my school that are into Japanese. Um, we signed some paperwork. It didn't cost us any money. And we meet on Fridays and talk about anime. Mm -hmm. But on paper, I'm the founder and president of the Japanese Culture Club. Yeah. You know? A little bit of finesse I used, there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it's also, but it's also true because yes. these, are really things that I, these are really things that I believe in. But if it's something that you love and it's something that you want to do, it's easy. It's like mm -hmm. butter. So, like, you don't try to force it. If you're really interested, for example, U.S.-Japan Fridging Foundation, if you want to go to Japan... Research some stuff about Japan. Don't just leave it at anime and samurai, mm -hmm. you know? Learn some stuff. You don't have to learn the language. I think most of the people that I studied abroad with didn't actually speak Japanese, and mm. they got scholarships too. A lot of them got scholarships also. If you're very, if you're really interested in something, it should be easy to talk about. Be mm. honest with them. So when you're writing a paper, here's one of the most important things I learned from my advisor. Spit out, spill out everything onto the paper make it too long, just talk, just go like you're talking to a friend, mm -hmm. then get somebody in your school who it's their job to help you with writing yeah. because they're really good at it and have them edit it. Most of the work comes in the editing. Mm -hmm. So True. a lot of people get stuck on papers, write everything, don't matter, it doesn't matter like the form, the content, it doesn't matter spelling, mm -hmm. um, does this sentence make sense, say everything. Find somebody who's a professional at helping students with their essays because that's an that's at every university, and be like, here, can you please help me fix this? And they'll do it. Mm -hmm. That's what I did. I I worked with this lady for hours and hours and hours and hours. My advisor. Um. So you just talk about why you're interested in the place. Yeah. Um. I said I want to be a bridge between our cultures. I want to be a bridge between America and Japan. And I don't just say that. I lay out ways that I'm going to do that. I'm working on a book in English and Japanese for kids to get us connected. It, it follows a black female main character, which is, I don't know if it's unprecedented, but there's not too many black main characters. Mm -hmm. So little Japanese kids can grow up seeing, you know, a positive black main character. Yeah. 
little black kids can grow up seeing a black character in a Japanese setting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, started the Japanese Culture Club. Even if you don't start, if you join the Japanese Culture Club, if you want to go to Japan, that's probably something that you should do. Yeah. You know, so like, if you want to write a scholarship about something you're passionate about, just talk about why you're passionate about it, how you can help society, how you're going to teach a workshop or a class to spread the knowledge that you learn by studying abroad, mm-hmm. and then go back and do that. You're recalling so many things for me as I'm listening to you talk, especially in terms of writing, because yeah, that's the same thing that I learned. I think I got lucky with the first writing professor I had when I was in university, like okay. my first semester, freshman year. And she was saying, you know, you don't have to just write your stuff linearly. Maybe you write, yeah. your, your, write your essays in parts and then you rearrange them. Or there okay. was this mm-hmm. girl who was like, you know, I just record myself talk. And then I type yeah. that up, and then I go back and edit it because I feel like I can communicate best when I'm talking. Like, nice. so you know, like you said, there's so many different approaches to writing, especially in um, in an academic context or when you're trying to, you know, get a scholarship. Um, yeah. It doesn't have to be that you know, just sit and write from beginning to end. It no, have just to get be the words on the like paper. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that just mm-hmm. reminded me of that. Um, you know, because I, I like to write. So just hearing you talk mm-hmm. about how it doesn't have to be just one way that you get your yeah, thoughts yeah, out yeah. is so true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that translates that translates to other um, creative professions. That translates to drawing manga, mm-hmm. um, specifically because that's what I can talk about. Yeah. Get your ideas down, and then the work is in the editing. Just mm-hmm. get stuff down, yeah. and that's going to make your brain sort of flow, you know? Think about what you've already put down. It makes it so much easier and so much more manageable. It does. It really does. Um, yeah. And you're not like constraining or forcing yourself to do things in a certain way so that stuff can just flow and right. you can uh, readdress it later. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So the scholarships you found out about through Googling, but you said the program that mm-hmm. you went with for your semester abroad was through your university. Correct? Yes, it was okay. an exchange program. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, so was that, you said you kind of just went in and were like, I want to go to Japan. How do I do that? And so they, I literally walked it. Well, yeah. So I emailed the study abroad office cause mm-hmm. I looked online because I was like, cause technically I never studied abroad. I went to Japan, but I w- that wasn't as a student. So right. found the study abroad office email. I sent them an email. Hello. I'm a new student here. I would like to study abroad in Japan. Can we meet sometime? They said, sure. I came in. I told them I went to Japan before. Um, I got a low GPA. I came in with a 2.0, mm. right? What steps do I need to take to do that? Um, they said, you need to get your GPA up and you can apply for scholarships. And we have these programs and you can select a program and then you just apply. And actually, man, the application process is not hard. They talk about, they even, they even told me that it's like, it's complicated and it can be difficult. You just follow steps. Like they, yeah. they literally outline steps for you. Mm. Like how to get your, I had my passport because I went before. Getting your passport isn't too difficult. You Google that. I Googled it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So I think, so here's the other thing yeah. um, about getting things done. So I also think this is a skill. And I don't think skill is something you have or don't have. I think it's something that you practice. Mm. So I really think getting things done is a skill that you have to practice. Because, so I have, I have ADHD. I was diagnosed with this. Um, as a child and it's been really it's really it's always been very difficult for me to focus 
and for me to get simple tasks done. Like I used to get in so much trouble for like not remembering to clean my room. It's not that I didn't want to do it. It was just too much to figure out. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, so I use lists a lot. So when I have to take care of something and it seems like it's this huge thing, like, oh my God, I got to apply for. So like right now I have, uh, I have about 20 to 25 scholarships on my plate right now mm -hmm. for this semester. So here's an example of something I do to make sure I get that done. I research all the deadlines and I write that down on a sheet of paper. Number one, look up all the deadlines. Number two, take care of the ones that are due first. Number three, uh, schedule a time to finish the rest of the scholarships. And that's something I just took care of a couple of days ago. So like when you're figuring out what you got to do for study abroad, like get my passport, get my transcripts, blah, blah, blah. I literally write down a list and I just check it off. Mm. And your, your study abroad office, your financial aid office, all of them, they'll work with you. Yeah. But you have to be visible. As a student, you have to be visible. And here's one thing that I learned from like, I don't know, 10 or 11 years of college now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> from, <laughs> um, with your professors, I sit in the front and center of every single classroom, wow. every class. I am in the front and center and I talk. All of my professors know who I am. Yeah. Even if I don't need help, they know me. Mm -hmm. That's how you get good grades. I'm going to be honest. That's how, that's the difference. So like, it's not like I wasn't smart enough and that's why I got that F or why I got that C. It's that I wasn't paying attention and I wasn't engaged. Yeah. And when you know the professor, it automatically forces you to be more engaged. And that's not just yes or no. It's you're practicing being engaged. Mm -hmm. So you have to be visible and people will want to help you. And professor might, they might up that, that, that half a percent to get you that A. <laughs> uh, to be perfectly honest, you know? No, no, that's real. That's real. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or they'll work with you if you're struggling somewhere. And if they, if you're, so the pref, they have so many students to deal with. They don't have time to be one-on-one -on -one with everybody or to just go after you if your grades are slipping. If you feel like a grade is slipping and you're cool with the professor, they'll come to you. Mm. Get cool with your professors. Yeah. Get cool with your study abroad offices. Get cool with your honors college. Get cool with your, you know, the president of your university. Talk to people. Yeah. Make that gets known. you stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Make yourself known. That, that, yeah, that actually makes things happen. Meet people yeah. who can help you get what you want to get. And don't just use them. Don't use them. Be friends with them. Mm -hmm. Actually be friends with them. You can help each other out. That's like awkward. one of my advisors. Yeah. So like one of my advisors last year, she really, really helped me a lot. She wrote a, a ton of, um, what's it called? Um, Recommendations. What's it called? Yes. Thank you. Recommendation <laughs> letters for me. Yes. I appreciate that. No problem. She was the advisor for the Japanese... <laughs> She was the advisor for the Japanese culture club and such, but here's, here's how I helped her. So there's a sort of like faculty of the year award. Mm -hmm. I thought that she deserved it. So I worked really hard on an essay that I didn't have to write and I got her faculty of the year award. Wow. So our relationship is, it's give and take and we really care about each other and we support each other. Yeah. So in that sense, you can help your professors. If you're doing well in, even if you're just doing well in their class, they appreciate that. If you're trying. Yeah. You know, so building relationships, and I'm being very specific, <clears throat> talking to students in school right now, mm -hmm. um, if they're listening. If you're in academia, if you want to succeed in college, um, building relationships in academia is, is so, so important. And studying mm -hmm. abroad, I don't care what your major is, uh, I think you should go overseas. Yeah.
I mean, obviously, I, I agree. I'm in total agreement with you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, wow. Okay, so, you know, reaching out, making no, yourself known. I think I got off track what you asked. No, 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 it's fine. No, you were saying how, because um, I was asking about how you ended up going with the program that you did just recently. So that It was the was, only exchange program my yeah. school had. Yeah. With Japan, actually. Um, actually, um, so I, I mentioned that that school, Kyoto Sekai University, the manga mm-hmm. university. I've been looking at them for years. Yeah. As soon as I came, I sent them emails. And like, I realize now it was terrible Japanese, terrible business Japanese. That's probably why they didn't <laughs> respond. That I asked like if I could go to school there. There were a bunch of universities in Japan that I looked mm-hmm. up. I spent days and days and days searching and composing emails um, actually, all of that failed because I tried to study abroad through my university at schools we don't have relationships with. Mm-hmm. And I ended up, my last choice was the school that we had an exchange relationship with. I ended up having to go there. So okay. I don't talk about failure, but there's certainly a lot of failure. There's certainly a lot of tr- things that I tried that I didn't get. Yeah. Um, when I went back to community college, I tried to study abroad all three semesters that I went back there and I got declined because of my grades. Mm-hmm. You know, so... You, you keep trying. Yeah, I had been a, applying for scholarships a bit already, and I had been trying to apply for study abroad, and I wasn't getting it. Yeah. So it's also failing, trying and failing. I didn't talk about that, but yeah, I, this wasn't my first time trying to apply. Right. But it worked yeah. out, though, because you were in Osaka Prefe- Prefecture, right? So you were close yes. enough to visit that university in Kyoto. Yeah. Kyoto so, yeah, Seika? Is that what Kyoto Seika University. Yeah. yeah. So it was really interesting Fast forward, I'm um, attending Kansai Gaidai right now in Hirakata, mm-hmm. which is in Osaka Prefecture, like you said. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I, I, I wouldn't say I gave up, but I didn't think I was going to be able to get to Kyoto Seika University. Mm-hmm. But I went to a um, to the Kyoto International Manga Museum. A friend of mine, another classmate, told me that they had this like sort of event for like otaku where they got like all this cool Pokemon stuff or whatever. I'm like, cool, let's let's go. You know, it's a couple hours away. Mm-hmm. But I bring my artwork with me because you never know. Right. I, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I always have my artwork with me. I got this big portfolio. I carry it with me almost everywhere. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm in Japan and I'm going to this otaku thing. You know, who knows who's going to be there? Right, you never know. Uh, there were people, yeah, there were people there. I started um, going to different tables and like, hey, I want to be a mangaka. You want to see my work? Just annoying people. Mm-hmm. Like, Whatever, you know, but I, I ran into this, um, this university professor, um, who teaches manga at the, um, at this event. And he said, you know, downstairs, there's this event that isn't being advertised. All of the, the publishers in Japan, like the top publishers, um, their representatives from Tokyo who are downstairs in the basement level right now, who are, um, allowing, uh, Japanese people who want to be mangaka to submit their work. He was like, you can go downstairs and show them your work. I was like, really? I went downstairs and it was a totally different event. So upstairs, people doing like cosplay and there's mm-hmm. loud music and, you know, all these <laughs> prizes and stuff. I go downstairs. It's quiet. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's got like that hotel carpet smell, if that makes sense. Oh. <laughs> yes. <it laughs> there's a bunch does. of booths set up. People are in suits. And it's just a bunch of like nervous, sweaty Japanese people holding like manga manuscripts in their hands. So apparently Japanese people from all over the country came to this event in hopes of becoming a professional mangaka and they're submitting their work. Wow. And it was a free event. It's like a once in a year. It's an annual event. Mm -hmm. So 
I got in line and they let me sign up. Now everything's in Japanese. I'm the only non-Japanese person there. And like, wow. <laughs> I was standing, I was sticking out super hard because like, so I really, oh, I, I have really big tattoos and it's the summer. So I'm wearing a, I'm wearing like a sleeveless hoodie, like all black sleeveless hoodie wow. and black shorts. And I got, I'm a boxer and I got these big tattoos on my arm and it's just all these Japanese people in suits. I was getting stared at so hard yeah. and, and I'm just walking around with this big portfolio. Yeah, I'm black. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was already getting stared at upstairs a little bit. So, <laughs> so you really stand out. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. 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 So, but I came prepared. Um, I was able to speak Japanese. I came with my work. I got to meet one-on-one, like 25 to 30-minute conversations, one-on-one across the table, looking at my artwork with Kodansha, mm. with Shonen Jump, and with Young King Comics oh my God. in Japanese, and like literally really fine details, like looking at my work and pointing like, these panels shouldn't be so close together, or like, uh. this transition to this transition doesn't make sense, or like, I like this facial feature here, or like, if you want to push this a little bit further, or... If you put like, yeah, like really, really specific things covering each page. Mm-hmm. I got some very profound advice from the guy from Kodansha, which really changed my uh, my approach to drawing manga. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I got this opportunity was because um, it was because I was prepared. Mm-hmm. So um, I think my uncle told me this once. So success comes at the junction between luck and preparedness. So there was a right. little bit of luck in the fact that I was at this event. But it would not have mattered if I didn't have my artwork with me. And it would not have mattered if I didn't try so hard to study Japanese. Mm -hmm. So you got to be prepared. So also, I'm open to talking to people. I'm open to making mistakes in Japanese. When I'm I'm speaking in Japanese, I probably talk more than I do in English. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm I'm still not completely fluent yet. But I I talk a lot and I try. Mm -hmm. So I met another guy uh, who was also submitting his work, just another manga artist, just because I saw him standing in line. And I said, hey, can I see your work? Oh, that's pretty cool. You know, sort of engaging with him. And he was like, let me see yours. Oh, that's pretty cool. We exchanged information. He gave me his card and it said he graduated from Kyoto Sekai University. I was like, oh, "Oh my God, that's my my dream university. I've always wanted to go there. That's amazing. Yeah, this is complete happenstance. This is complete. I just so like I just happened to go to this event. Because I have my artwork, somebody told me, go downstairs to the secret event. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. So I go down there. I show my work and I start talking to people. And that's how this was able to happen. So it's not complete luck. Like, you got to talk to people. You never know what can happen. Right. So he was like, you know what? Let me add you on Facebook. I'm going to talk to my professor and see if I can get you to visit the school. Holy cow. The next day, he sent me a Facebook message. Yo, I just talked to my professor. Uh, are you free on Monday? Like, hell yeah, I'm free on Monday. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's a dream so, come true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I go to visit my dream school that I've been looking at for like two or three years. And yeah. like, I've been on their website so many times. They have like famous mangaka that guests, like guests teach here. This is the only university in the world that has graduate degrees in my field. Right. Um, so I meet this professor. It's super awkward because I go to his office. I get there like 6 p.m like 5 or 6 p.m. and he's not there Mm -hmm. (laughs) and my friend that invited me isn't there either I thought he was going to be there to introduce us so I'm by myself on campus in this manga school yeah and I'm looking around and I'm like 
I'm seeing like all these manga magazines and all these books and I'm seeing all this student work and I was like, wow, this is real manga. This is amazing. These classrooms, they learn how to draw manga. Like this is, yeah, insane. Finally, his name is Professor Soso. So he comes in late and he just kind of looks at me. He's like, oh, you must be Kofi. Uh, just come this way. Mm-hmm. I, I realized later he doesn't talk that much. So I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> uh, anyway, I go into his office and um, he's like, so what's up? I was like, uh, I want to draw manga. <laughs> he's in his office. He was like, okay, I see you got your portfolio. I see you brought your portfolio. Let me see your work. Because, yeah. of course, I have my portfolio with me. So I hand it to him. And I feel like my heart is getting ripped into shreds because he just pulls the paper. Like, you know how portfolio, like, it's sort of covered by, like, a plastic covering for protection. Mm-hmm. He just pulls all my drawings out and starts thumbing through them like they're just, like, regular paper. And I was like, oh, my God, he's touching all my stuff. And he's only <laughs> looking at him for a second. Like, he's not even appreciating it. And he's just like, hmm, okay, like, not really saying anything, just looking uh-huh. through my stuff. And then uh, then he hands it back to me and just looks at me. He's like, all right, so, so what, do you want to go here or something? And I was like, uh, Yeah. <laughs> Like, <laughs> like I'm so I'm so mortified because he doesn't talk that much and he's very blunt and direct and he's very quiet. Yeah. <laughs> so he gives me a tour. He gives me a tour of the place, and then we just walk in like while some classes are going on and like he's like yeah so uh these are the first years as you can see they're drawing and then we just leave the classroom <laughs> like it was it was a terrible it was a terrible tour he he is not personable at all it was an awful tour and I felt like I shouldn't be here. And I was like, what am I doing walking into this university? Just this random American. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then we go back to his office and he was like, so I don't think, um, so I was like, I want to do graduate school here. I'm an undergrad student. I'm a contact guy right now, blah, 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 blah. And he was serious. He was like, so Japanese people, they don't say things direct. So he didn't say you're not good enough for graduate school. Mm. But what he said was, I think you would learn more if you came in as a bachelor student. So that's how you say no in Japanese. Uh. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So he said it would be smarter to come in with an undergraduate degree because you're not going to learn everything you need to learn in just two years. You need four years. Hmm. Right. So I was very disheartened. I was like, oh, man, this is this is terrible. I came all this way. I've been dreaming about this school just for him to say no. And then he was like, here, take this. He gave me the textbook for like for this year's. It's a the manga story department textbook. It's about storytelling and manga. And he also... Apparently he wrote it. So yeah. Here, have my so, book. <laughs> yeah, he was yeah, yeah. So at first I was like, oh, he just handed me something to get me out of his face. But now I realize that was that was really cool because now I'm I'm studying it as I'm back and like right. I'm probably the only person in the United States with this textbook right now. It's only written in Japanese mm-hmm. and it's only available to Kyoto Seika University students. Wow. And he also told me he's never had somebody just come and visit the school like this from another country. Because he doesn't speak English. So, like, right. we were only able to converse in Japanese. So, that's another thing about being prepared and not being afraid. All of our conversations were in Japanese. So, before I left, I'm feeling awkward. Before I left, he was like, you know what? I have a figure drawing class every Monday. Um, you can come sometimes. And I was like, okay, thank you. Wow. So, I left feeling weird. But I got the textbook. I, You know, it's sort of a bittersweet moment. Yeah. I got turned down for graduate school. But um, he's interested in me. I got a chance to speak Japanese. I have this textbook and I can come back. So I start going on Mondays to this figure drawing course where there's like a live model. And it's funny. So like, I don't know if you know what a figure drawing course is like, but the models need to take breaks. Okay. 
you know, because they just can't be standing there naked the whole time. Right. <laughs> or they'll get cramps um, being so in position for a long time. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. They take like five or ten minute breaks. Basically, I go into this figure drawing course. It's at 6 p.m. I'm taking a train two hours from my university on Mondays. I don't get back home till like 11 p.m. Wow. or something because it's a two-hour train, three-and-a-half-hour class, and a two-hour train back. It takes up a lot of my day. I have to go right after class. Holy cow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So this was on Mondays. So it's me, and there's two professors, and maybe like every once in a while, there's like three or four students. So it's an open course. This is so Sensei runs, mm-hmm. and it's only like the really serious students who want to stay late into the evening because it's like 6 to 9.30. So there's not very many people, mm-hmm. um, and it's like already dark outside and stuff, you know. But as I was going, so so Sensei started to come up to me, and I remember one day, he just handed me this sheet of paper that had like, how do you say, like... I don't know if you know what like manga effect lines are. No. Like all the like the back. So there's like background special effects that you draw by hand, like uh, speed lines and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he handed me this book with all these examples and he just handed it to me. It was like, I want you to draw these. And I'm like, whoa, this this dude just gave me homework. Like what? (laughs) And then as I started coming, he started giving me more homework. He never really said anything, but he started giving me homework. Then one day I told him. Hey, I'm working on this manga in my manga production course. Um, can you take a look at it? And then he would look at it and he would tell me, I need you to change this. I want you to change this. So before I knew it, my I'm like studying under this guy on Mondays and I'm going into his office after this figure drawing course and he's telling me where to go with my manga and he get, he's giving me books and he's like, here, look at the way this artist draws muscles. I want you to go buy this 0.25 millimeter ballpoint pen. You can get it from here. He's <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I'm in like a freaking Zelda game, and I gotta find this pen. And um, yeah, so before I know it, this guy opens it up to me because he sees my determination. He sees I keep coming back, yeah. and I'm getting homework from the department head and the author of the textbook from the only manga university in the entire world. You right. know, and I'm in his office working with him, talking in Japanese and working on my story. Yeah. And you're um, not even officially a student there. I'm not a student there. That's no, phenomenal. I'm just auditing this class. Yeah. Um, just from reaching out and just from sort of, even though I felt awkward and a lot of people probably would have turned back and like not came back, I came back anyway. Yeah. So I think it's important to keep trying. Right. You know, and even though I got the really disheartening, you're not, you know, basically in so many words, you're not good enough. I kept, I kept working and the manga that I produced that he helped me with is way better than anything that I've ever done. Mm. And now I have the textbook and now maybe, maybe I will be ready for graduate school in a couple of years because I'm going to keep working. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to keep working. Yeah. You've got like, uh, the cheat code almost you have this textbook that no one has yeah yeah exactly exactly i'm studying i'm reading it piece by piece every day it's yeah. hard the japanese in it is really difficult there's like yeah, i bet you can like make up words in japanese and even one of my japanese professors told me like he couldn't really explain this word to me so i'm reading it slowly mm-hmm. yeah okay so just so i have things straight at um your current university mm-hmm. you're an art major or japanese major Yes, yes, studio art. No, so they don't even have Japanese at the oh, school. I okay. go to a small school. Gotcha. I study Japanese on my own. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So you're an art, art, sorry, studio art, right? Studio art major. Yeah. Okay. And studio then... art. I'm taking Chinese here because they didn't have Japanese, but yeah. Ah, uh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> it was Japanese and manga that you were studying at Kansai Gaidai, right? Yes, correct. Okay. 
So, um, well, you said the work that you were doing with that professor at um, Kyoto mm-hmm. Seika is like the best work you've ever done. So do you feel like, yes. I guess between the two universities that you were studying manga out, do you feel like one was more impactful than the other in terms of improving your skills and your understanding well, of your craft? Well, yeah. So so my professor at Kansai Gaidai University, um, she was a graduate of Kyoto Seka. She did her bachelor's, master's, and PhD there. Mm, right. But Sasol Sensei, the guy I was working under, that's the guy who taught her. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> yeah. So you really learned so from So I'm the studying master. under this... Yeah, I mean, I, I learned I learned so much. Her name is Ku Sensei, very yeah. interesting lady. Um, so she's Korean. She grew up in Germany, and she's fluent in Japanese and English. So she speaks four languages, mm. um, and she's very smart and she's very good at drawing. And I learned so much from her. I learned a lot about the details of how to produce a manga and how to format it to actually submit it to a real publication, mm-hmm. which is a lot of stuff I didn't know. I found out for all these years, I've been drawn on the wrong size paper and they would just turn it down if they saw my work, no matter how mm-hmm. good it was. Okay. Yeah. So I learned how to format. I learned um, the space in between panels is actually very important down to the millimeter. And if it's off, a Japanese magazine will not accept your work. Mm. Yeah, they're very particular. So I learned that stuff from her. I learned a great deal about storytelling from her also. Uh, in a in a strange way, I'd say that I learned an equal amount. I just think the experience with Professor Sasso was a lot more profound. So I had a lot, yeah. So I, there was a lot more hours of contact at Kansai Gaidai, mm-hmm. and it was. So we didn't like learn how to draw manga. Basically, the entire course was manga production. So we started our final project pretty much right away mm-hmm. after the first few weeks, and I learned. I learned how to produce a manga and how to put a book together and how to format it as if it was being submitted to a Japanese magazine, mm-hmm. which is very, very important. And from Sasol Sensei, I learned a lot more sort of abstract what it means to be a storyteller and some specific things about how to improve my art style because he actually thinks that my art style is good for realism. So hmm. he gave me some tools to use and such for that. Okay. I learned very different things from them. Yeah. Sounds like it. It's nice, though. It seems like it all came together to be a really fulfilling experience for you. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I did not want to come back. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, I got to I got the box out there, too, which was great. Oh, yeah. I'm, I wanted to ask, because you had said earlier that the style, boxing style in America is different from in Japan. Yeah. How, yeah, how yeah, so? Yeah, yeah. Um, the easiest way to put it is um western style boxing especially chicago boxing because i'm near chicago it's very it's very rhythmic it's all about like the rhythm of your movement in the japanese style of boxing it really reminds you of things like the tea ceremony how everything is very rigid and structured mm-hmm. and every time they do a technique or throw a specific punch it's 100 percent perfect in the same way every time okay. and um it sort of shows japanese diligence so one really thing that was interesting the first time i went to japan i learned this and it sounds like something minor and expected, but none of the fighters, none of them skip their runs. Like, you don't have to check on them to see if they're working hard. Mm. If that, that sounds like a minor thing, but it's not so much like that in the United States. Of course, there's hard workers here and stuff like that. But even like the kids at the boxing gym, you don't have to watch them constantly. If you tell a kid to do his jab on a bag and you leave and you come back an hour later and you forgot about him, he'll still be doing still it. Still be doing it. <laughs> in Japan. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so disciplined. Mm. And the style is very interesting because everything Japanese people do is like by the book is very textbook. 
so um, so boxing is originally a British sport. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting because Japanese boxing style is very is very British because it's very textbook. It's very much like the original. Okay. And perfecting their craft is uh is very important. And America, I mean, it's not like one is better than the other. I mean, there's usually better boxers in the United States, but um, we have more of a sense of um, rhythm and movement and cutting angles and three-dimensionality to our footwork, which I don't want to get too much into boxing terminology. That's okay. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> so, all right. um, but yeah, boxing and, and fighting sports are, are huge in Japan. There's so many gyms. Just the last time I was there, this last time I was there, I trained at, at five different boxing gyms. So I've been at, I've trained at, I think uh, eight different boxing gyms in Japan total, if I add both of my experiences together. Wow, wow. So, um, yeah, I was consistently training last semester at two professional gyms. Yeah, so, yeah, it's very vibrant boxing culture. It's very fun. Wow. Um, I also like how um, when you're sparring at the gym in Japan, you still bow to each other and you, like, say, Onegashimasu. Like you say, please, <laughs> before you know, before you or like, when, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like when you come to the gym, yeah, when you come to the gym, you still take your shoes off. Mm. Like, you're still very much like a Japanese home, and you can only have your inside training shoes in the boxing gym, even though there's sweat and stuff all over the floor. Yeah, they're still very serious about that. Or like when people, when it's time to leave the boxing gym. People who I've never even met before, and they're like, you know, that's just some weird foreigner. They'll still come up to you and be like, Otsukari sama desu. And you go to everybody and you're like, Otsukari sama desu. Like, mm -hmm. which is, if you translate it directly, it's like, you're very tired. Um, but it's just like, how you say goodbye or like, good work. Yeah, good work. And good it's job. just expected. Yeah. And ev yeah, everybody does it. Everybody greets everybody and says goodbye to everybody when they enter and leave. Even, you know, these, these hardcore, tough-nosed boxers, you know. There's mm -hmm. still a very strong sense of respect. Yeah, and so yeah. the the gyms that you were at when you were in um, yeah. in Japan, you know this this most recent time, did you uh -huh. just walk in? Like, how did you pretty get much? With yeah. Okay. Um, so there's a boxing club at Kansai Gada University at my school, which yeah. has a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful facility. But um, remember, it's college students, so I think the one with the most experience had been boxing for like three or four years, and I've been boxing for eleven years. Like, I'm an adult. With, you know, and I'm a like I'm an actual boxer who came back to school. I'm not just some student who's doing it for fun. Right, right. So they didn't really have what I needed. I just ended up teaching. So <laughs> I started researching. I Googled professional boxing gyms in Hirakata, mm -hmm. and I contacted them and asked if I could go. So I joined a gym called Tokushima Boxing Gym. And of course, when you're an American that enters a Japanese boxing gym, they're really excited and they want you to spar as soon as you walk in. I've sparred and fought so many fighters in Japan, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. like, I do way more sparring there than I do back home because they all like want a piece of you. They want to see what American boxing is like. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's crazy. I spar so much in Japan, it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, which is good. It's good. It's good. The other gym is um, called Neogawa Boxing Gym. So I um, had a contact from the first time I, um, I boxed in Japan back in 2017. Um, there's this guy named Ken Takayama who's like a he's a he's a promoter like pretty major promoter in uh, in Asia and um, I met him because the gym that I was training at at the time Hakata Kyoe Boxing Gym it's the biggest boxing gym in Fukuoka mm. they told all the nearby boxing gyms yo we got this American come spar so <laughs> we like <laughs> fresh yeah. meat <laughs> yeah basically yeah but I beat I beat them all up because uh, I haven't doing it for a long time right so like. <laughs> So I got to spar with all these gyms and we like traveled and like kind of like did like gym competitions with other gyms. Mm -hmm. And this promoter brought one of his fighters and I beat up his fighter and then we became friends on Facebook. 
and we've kept in contact since then. Facebook wow. is a wonderful tool, by the way. Yes, it so, is. I messaged him, Takayama-san, like, again, he doesn't speak English. So being able to connect with people in their language, that creates wonderful opportunities. I couldn't do any of these things if I didn't speak English, because if I didn't speak Japanese, none of the people at these boxing gyms spoke English, hmm. right? Yeah. So I, I uh, Facebook messaged Takayama-san, hey, I'm going to be in Osaka and Hirakata. Um, I'm looking for a good boxing gym. Can you help me out? And he was like, well, the neighbor in the city, Niigawa, um, Nobuhiro Ishida actually owns a gym there. He's a, he's a former world champion, like champion of the entire world. Wow. Eight years ago, not that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, he's like, if I walk out of my dorm, it takes me 30 minutes to get to his gym. Wow, that's so, so close. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's right there. Right. So I've never trained with, I've never trained with a world champion before. Mm -hmm. um, so this is what I did. I found him on Facebook. I sent him a message. Hi, I'm an American. I'm going to be in Japan studying in Hirakata. Is it okay if I come by your gym? He messaged me back. Oh, yeah. I love America. I've trained there before. Feel free to come by. So I joined his gym and I got to train one-on-one -on -one with the world champion. The I got to spar some yeah. with a world champion. Like he, yeah. I got to meet him. I got to hang out with him. And he's got like a really stable of really tough professional fighters, a bunch of undefeated guys. I got to spar and train with. Like the first day I walked into his gym, they were sparring against another gym, and then the guy from the other gym was the national champ, like the professional national champion of Japan. Mm -hmm. So like I got to meet him, I got to hang out and train with him, and yeah, this is like really high level boxing in Japan. Um, because I messaged this guy on Facebook, because I asked, like I've been saying before, right, exactly. all I did was ask. Yeah, <laughs> all I did was that's how I got to boxing in the first place. Yeah. I looked up boxing gyms in my hometown and I asked if I could join. I didn't know anything about boxing. Yeah, like just ask, and you're gonna suck at it when you start. By right. the way, and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm training at these two gyms. I happen at so there's this guy named uh, Shosei Nita, mm -hmm. who I had, I had been in conversation with like a year and a half before because. Um, Again, on Facebook, I made a post saying, I'd really like to box in Japan. Um, this is when I'm still in the States and I'm still at community college with mm -hmm. that 2.0 GPA. Mm -hmm. And I have a, a friend who knows somebody who's in the boxing community. She gets us connected. And that guy knows uh, the director of East Japan Boxing. So there's two directors. So there's director of Western Japan Professional Boxing mm -hmm. and director of Eastern Japan Professional Boxing. Mm -hmm. So Shosei Nita is the director of Eastern Japan Professional Boxing. He connects us on Facebook. Director Nita says, he sees some of my videos and stuff, and he's like, all right, how about this? You come to Japan. You fight for me under my promotion as a professional fighter. I'll get you a job, and then you can compete as a professional boxer and fight for me. I was like, that sounds great, except I need to get a bachelor's degree or I can't yeah. get a visa. Right. So um, now I'm working even harder. I got more, you know, I just got another job offer. Yeah. You know? and to be able to fight professionally. So finally, finally, after all this time, yeah, it's been like a year and a half, I'm back in Japan, we're still friends on Facebook. Now, director Nita is, he's the director of all of Jap Japanese professional boxing now, of oh, the entire okay. country. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so he moved up. So I sent him another Facebook message, I was like, hey, I'm in Japan now, um, I like to fight, what do you got, basically? <laughs> um, <laughs> and he says, let me see what I can do. Again, he doesn't speak English, so like, please study a foreign language. Even if like you make mistakes, communication is better. If they can kind of understand what you said, then mm -hmm. that means you communicated. That means you're speaking. And don't be scared to connect with people. Yeah. He so he says, yeah, you can compete, and um, 
so it was a uh, Japan versus Vietnam, like like big professional event, like mm-hmm. one of the one of the um, no two of the fights were for like an all Asian world world championship, like pretty major event in Kawasaki, mm-hmm. and uh, so he signed me up for this fight against a professional fighter. And this was December 7th. This was a little bit over a month ago. Okay. So I took a night bus all the way to Kawasaki, all the way to Tokyo. Yeah. It's like eight or nine hour night bus from Osaka. And then I go to the stadium that he invites me to. I go completely by myself. I go no corner, no trainer, no teammate or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I go to compete against this fighter. Um, and it's funny about keeping connections and using social media. One of the guys that I used to train with when I first went to Fukuoka in 2017 mm-hmm. He saw I made a post about going to to compete in this exhibition. And he said, bro, I live in Kawasaki now. Let's meet up. So this was super last minute. Yeah. 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 So apparently, so he quit boxing because he had to work and he moved to Kawasaki like six months ago. Like he just moved there. Yeah. And um, literally, I'm already on the night bus and we're messaging like, he's like, I'm in Kawasaki. We're like, are you seriously coming here? And I was like, yeah. So he met me at the last minute, and he ended up being my corner for the fight because, you know, he was a professional boxer. Yeah. Even though he re- he retired from boxing, we met up, and uh, he came with me. I got him in for free because I was like, I brought a corner with me now. And they were like, yeah, they gave him a pass. Mm-hmm. So he got to be at this this really huge event. He got to be in my corner, and I I inspired him to go back. Now he's back. Now he um he's going back to boxing. Oh, that's fantastic. So it was yeah, it was really cool. So I beat up this professional fighter. Um, I got. <laughs> I got to meet the director of all of Japanese professional boxing. Yeah. And now after he saw me perform, he was like, yeah, I want to sign you to my promotion. Like, he's waiting on me to graduate now. Wow. Um, yeah, it was a really great experience. And random side, um, the guy that I fought, he's a really nice kid. His name is Ryukyu. It's funny because he ended up, he told me that he was going to be in Osaka the next day. He was mm-hmm. taking the bullet train to Osaka the next day because he had a friend fighting in a show in Osaka. I also had friends fighting in a show in Osaka. So it was at the exact same venue, but at two different times. They were having two shows back to back. So we've had a fight in Kawasaki. We just met that night. We fought in Kawasaki. And then the next day, all the way across the country in Osaka, we got dinner in between our two venues. Wow. Yeah. So that was a really cool experience. Yeah. I just yeah. think it's so cool how things kept like coming together for you while you were in Japan. Yeah. You know, that's, that's yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. I know we've been talking for a while. I just have a few mm-hmm. more questions for you, if that's sure, okay. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you the first time you went to Japan, you were in Fukuoka, and then this right. time you're in Hirakata, Osaka, yes. you know. Yes. So I, I'm just wondering, in terms of just like your experience living in those places, how mm-hmm. you felt one kind of compares to the other. Did you feel like okay. more at home or more interested in one place as opposed to another? You know, that's tough. Um, that's really tough to answer because my Japanese was a lot better when I came back. Yeah. So I was able to have sort of a a more a deeper experience because I was able to talk to people. Okay. Right. At, a di- at a different level. Um, I was like lower intermediate Japanese when I first went. Mm-hmm. So like my Japanese didn't make sense. I was like that foreigner that you could barely understand. <laughs> and this time I came back like I could talk about really deep subjects and I could talk about philosophy and you know all kind of stuff and I could I was completely able to take care of myself and take courses and so Mm -hmm. um and Osaka was a it was a much deeper experience because I had more successes and um 
so basically I'm saying all this to say that my uh, my experience is tainted by what I was able to gain from both experiences. Fukuoka okay. is always going to be close to my heart because that was the genesis of me sort of becoming my own person and making my own decisions. Right. But Osaka is really kind of like where I took off because actually, so my very last night in Osaka was New Year's Eve and um, I'm walking through the town and these guys stop me and they're like, are you Kofi Manga? So that was like, a, like <laughs> that was like, that was crazy. I got stopped in Osaka, and people knew who I was. So, so cool. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to vote for Osaka. <laughs> um, but Fukuoka is so dope. Yeah. They have uh, really famous ramen. Mm-hmm. Um, Osaka, the food scene is crazy. The mm-hmm. nightlife is crazy, but I don't I don't party, so like I I missed all that. I didn't go clubbing or anything. Okay. But that's if you like Osaka, that's what you would like. Um, I like the slang in Osaka and the dialect there. Mm-hmm. It's hard for you to make that decision. I want to. I want to choose. I want to choose Osaka, but that's not really a, a strong choice. I just really like Japan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I really like Japan and Japanese culture and um, all the places I've been. People are probably a little bit different, but um, I don't think the culture changes too much because it's a small place. Hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. I just mm-hmm. was curious mm-hmm. since um, you were in two places that. Well, I mean, Osaka. People know about. Even though you weren't living in the city Osaka, people have yeah. heard of that yeah. before. Versus Fukuoka, yeah. maybe not as many people know about. So I was yeah. just wondering. Osaka is much bigger. Yeah, uh, so I was just yeah. wondering what your yeah. your prefer. Per- well, what well your here's one thing. I think Fukuoka. I think Fukuoka is a lot more laid back. That's how people say Fukuoka, and people are. I think the personalities there are quite a bit more easygoing, mm-hmm. which that could be. If you compare Osaka to Tokyo, people would say people in Osaka are more easygoing and yeah. more friendly and amiable. I've heard that too. Yeah. Um, so Fukuoka kind of feels, kind of feels the same way in that sense. The the the, the dialect is a bit different, but that's it. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And how does it? Because um, you were saying how your Japanese progress, you do a lot of self studying, basically. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I mean, I how to. did being back in? Um, a classroom studying Japanese when you were in um, at Kansai Gaidai. Oh how, man! How did that shape your experience as far as language learning goes? So it skyrocketed. So this wasn't like sort of the lang- the private language school that I went to before. Kansai mm-hmm. Gaidai is a pretty famous university in Japan, mm-hmm. and they're very good at teaching language. Mm-hmm. So, so basically, they they have eight levels of Japanese. So one being the lowest, like entry level Japanese, and eight level eight is like the highest. It's getting you ready for like to do like business in Japan and do N1 and stuff like that. So I took level six. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah, I'm not, yeah. so I'm not completely fluent, but like that was the N2 preparatory course. And so I'm, I'm getting ready for the N2. When you take the N2, you can work and live and um, sort of do, do university and graduate school in Japan. Right. So I'm there, but I'm not N1 yet. So I took a N2 prep course, which was level six. I took a course all about kanji because um, I never really studied kanji that much because self-study, you know, it's easy to avoid it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so <right. laughs> I actually I actually had to take the level five kanji course because I couldn't take the level six kanji course. I'm so behind on my kanji. Okay. Um, and the, the toughest course, which is really very rewarding, was a translation course that I took. Mm. Now, all of these were taught completely in Japanese. I think the translation course was the toughest, but I probably learned the most from it because... It was really in-depth grammar and how to speak and how to translate English into natural-sounding Japanese. Yeah. So, yeah, I learned a lot at that school in terms of Japanese. And, again, a lot at the boxing gyms and at Kyoto Seka because when I was – most of the English that I heard was on the university campus. 
That's the only time I heard English. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of that, it was Japanese all the time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's good though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and I mean, that's to think that you were at level six, you know, that's pretty mm-hmm. impressive in itself, you know? Yeah. I was surprised because my formal study was only two years. Like I yeah. would have probably been in like level two or three, but I mean, online resources, I'm telling you, like right. there's this channel called Nihongo no Mori. You can learn everything there. Oh, I love them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, know yeah. them, yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what I used to study. And like, take him's guide to Japanese grammar and Maggie Sensei, that's all free. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So much, mm-hmm. so many resources at your fingertips. Yep. Um, wow. Well, that's fantastic. I'm so glad that you had such a, just a transformative time. And like you said, it was full of successes and everything. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm wondering now, obviously, you can't predict the future. And like you said, you're mm-hmm. still kind of, finding your way making your way through but i like looking forward like what's the what's the move for you like what do you want to happen going forward like in the like in the grand scheme of things um so i want to i want to keep producing work and i want to get better at drawing Mm -hmm. that's never going to end i'm going to keep getting better drawing and getting better storytelling yeah um i would like to profess um, I don't think there's anybody that teaches manga at the university level in the United States. I'd really like to be the first one to do that. I don't care if I'm the first. If somebody beats me to it, I want to do that. Yeah. That's why I'm teaching. I'm teaching my workshop. I'm doing um, that that school that I dropped out of, who mm-hmm. I, I tried to reapply to, the University of Illinois, and they denied me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm teaching a class there this summer. I mean, <laughs> this 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 semester. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, the Asian Studies Department wants me to come and guest lecture at one of their courses. So take wow. that, uh, Dean, who didn't accept me. Uh, <laughs> um, Sacramento State University invited me also this semester to participate in their annual education conference. So I'm going to be presenting my work mm. and doing my workshop. I'm on a research scholarship with my university right now to produce another manga. So my research scholarship is framed as studying the Kyoto Seka University textbook mm-hmm. and uh, producing a work based on the the principles of manga storytelling that I learned there. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking a class on film studies and I'm taking uh, figure drawing because comics and film are very similar. Okay. So I'm basically I'm in training mode. I'm working really hard. I'm submitting to more competitions. I'm producing more works to submit to competitions. Yeah. And I'm working on getting back to Japan this summer, actually. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Just, just to go, or is this going to be another program that you? So, doing? so I uh, I met with I went to study abroad office again. I was like, yeah, I want to go back to Japan like yeah. this summer uh, if I can, please. Uh, <laughs> but um, the programs that we have for the summer, they only have like entry level Japanese. Mm. So again, by asking questions and trying to figure stuff out, my study abroad coordinator was like, you know what? Actually, what we can do is an independent internship. So basically. If you can find somebody in Japan, so I don't know yet, if you can find somebody in Japan who will take you in as an intern or you can research under or study under or job shadow, we will call it an independent study abroad internship and we will give you academic credit for it and you can apply for scholarships. Wow. So like any person, it doesn't even have to be affiliated with the university, person, a company or whatever. So I've been sending business level Japanese emails like for the past couple of days, like all day yesterday, that's what I was doing. And yeah. Just trying to find somebody that I can shadow or study under, trying to find like a mangaka or something mm-hmm. um, so I can study manga again this summer. And um, once I graduate, I want to apply to a, to a research scholarship through the Japanese government, or there's a couple of fellowships that I have in mind to spend another year in Japan and mm-hmm. 
focused on getting completely fluent in Japanese and studying manga. Um, wow. I'd like to go to graduate school at Kyoto Seka, so I'm working really hard to get of there too. Yes. Yeah. And eventually, uh, yeah, eventually I want to get my MFA and, um, and I want to teach everything that I've been learning. Wow. So things are really looking so bright for you. And I think that's cool that you want to, because I assume that you would want to be a professional artist since you already pub have published work and everything. But the fact that you yeah, want to well, do yeah. that and educate as well. Yeah. Uh, it's really interesting. So. Well, here's the thing that I learned from my, my mentor about this, and maybe other people in arts want to hear this. Yeah. Academia is a great resource for artists, great untapped resource. So the reason why is there's so much funding. Yeah. Right? That's so true. so my So my mentor, he's an artist first, right? Mm -hmm. And he's a professor, and he enjoys teaching. But right now, the fellowship that he's doing, so he's getting paid to stay at Harvard for a year mm -hmm. just to work on his art. So yeah. he can work on his art for a year, you know? So... As an artist, once you're in academia, once mm -hmm. you're a professor or you're a graduate student, you can apply for these fellowships or these um, these sort of residencies where you get put up in a place and you get to draw, basically. You get to create. Mm -hmm. And the only way you can get that opportunity is in graduate school or in academia as a professor. So I want to use that. I want to teach, of course, but yeah, I want to get paid to do my work. Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, any. <laughs> I, got a, on... I got a lot of improvements to make first, though. What's yeah. up? Yeah. Oh, you... no, I was saying, any plans on taking up that offer to box professionally in Japan? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do that while I'm in. That's the. I would do that while I'm in graduate school. Okay. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Because you would be doing yeah, yeah, both yeah. at the same time. Yeah. That's perfect. the. Yeah. That's the plan. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to. Yeah. I want to go professional in boxing. I mean, I sort of. I had to put that on the back burner because I want to get my degree and I want to focus on school and manga. So yeah. they're competing a little bit. But, um, yeah, I keep myself in shape and I beat up a ton of professional fighters already. <laughs> I got a lot of experience. So, like, yeah. I'm not going to make that, like, my only career. Like, I want to go pro and get, like, 10 or 15 fights because yeah. I've been fighting for so long. I have to at least have that experience. Yeah. I, that's not for the money. I just... I want to get, like... I want to get some professional fights because that just means a lot to me, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, I totally understand that. Mm -hmm. um, well, yeah, I hope everything, uh, especially with the upcoming summer, I hope everything works out for you with that. And Thank you. Everything Thank else you. you're Thank trying you. to do. I just am so, like, I know I don't know you personally, but just listening yeah, yeah, yeah. to everything you've been able to do, I feel proud of what you've been able oh, to accomplish. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I think the, the main thing that I want to say with this is not to brag. Like, the yeah. way I'm saying is, like, man other people can do this too right like it's easy to say don't be scared but i would say be scared and do it anyway right and just think about like what's one what's the coolest thing that you think you could be doing right now like what sounds awesome to be able to do mm -hmm. and then work backwards from there and write a plan even write a plan for a character to get that done and then start start acting like that character yeah yeah is what i think yeah and i like also that you have just um like, you care about what it is that you're trying to do. Like, you really have, um, like, it's not just being able to say, I did this stuff, but, like, this stuff is meaningful yeah. to me, so I'm going to do what I can to engage with it as much as possible. I think that's... Yeah, you. Got, I mean, it's, well. it's, it's so much easier to, it's so much easier to move through life, and it's so much easier to work hard when you actually love what you do. Yeah. Because, I, you know, I failed so many classes that I didn't like because I didn't want to be there. I know what it's care, like yeah. to not. Yeah. You know, I've quit so many jobs. I've, I've quit so many jobs. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it, it, it would be embarrassing if I didn't have these successes to put on top of it. <laughs> but, 
But seriously, like, mm-hmm. I'd rather just do what I want because then I'm going to work hard. Like, right. it's easier to work hard when you do what you want. Right. Exactly. It's that simple. You got to find something that you like. And you've yeah. obviously found yours, what you like and what works for you. Yeah. And um, I still got to get better because, like, you have to always have the mindset that you have to improve. Because yes. I, I constantly follow artists who are better than me. And I constantly follow boxers and stuff on social media who are more... Who are, who are better than me or doing bigger things than me. So it's got to keep you humble, you know? Yeah. I feel like I've learned, obviously I've learned a lot from you today, but I just really appreciate your mindset so much, like Thank just you. as an artist and how you approach things, um, or even as an athlete, like your approach to the things that you pursue is really, uh, resonates a lot with me personally. So I'm really glad that I got the chance Thank to you. listen to you today. Yeah, you're very welcome. I, I mean Yeah, I'm it. glad to have this conversation <laughs> as well. I really um, appreciate that. Yeah. yeah it's been great. Um, so... Obviously, Japan is really big for you, but is there anywhere else that you would like to go either in the, it doesn't have to be in the well, near future, but any place that's yeah, in your well, mind? So because my school doesn't have a Japanese program, I started studying Chinese. Yeah. Oh, you uh, did so that, I com- yeah. yeah. So I completed the year program already and I'm doing an independent study of Chinese with a professor because they don't have anything over a year. So, I mean, I also want to get fluent in Chinese and go there. Mm-hmm. Um, but more so just because I think it's interesting. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, I grew up doing kung fu, and the cultures are, are quite related. Um, I like to travel around everywhere, man. I want to go to Ghana. My name is from Ghana. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's some countries in Africa that I'd like to go to. Maybe somewhere in Europe eventually. Um, yeah, there's a lot of places I'd like to go. And I also think um, because so my mentor travels around the world mm-hmm. teaching and presenting on manga. I'm sorry, on, on comics. Um, I'd like to do the same thing for manga. I yeah. think that's what's going to get me there. So that's another reason why I think academia will be useful because, yeah, they'll pay for you to go places. To go anywhere, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, nice. I want to. I want to I get a bigger experience. I want to travel everywhere because I think every place you go will give you a different perspective. And so far, I've only been to one other place. Yeah. No, that's totally true. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's. I think it's good that you're open to just you know going wherever and seeing what what that place has to teach you um, yeah 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 so i hope that you get there i do obviously thank i hope you. you get back to japan but i hope you get to thank everywhere you. else you might want to go as well yeah me too thank you yeah yeah and then my last question is uh mm-hmm. where can people uh reach you or keep updated about your work online yeah, yeah, if you'd yeah. like them to do so sure yeah um so i'm on facebook and it's just my real name kofi k-o-f-i Bazell Smith, that's B-A-Z-Z-E-L-L hyphen Smith. You can mm-hmm. add me on Facebook. You can send me a message. People send me messages all the time. How do I get started studying Japanese? How do I like produce work? What's your motive? I actually message back. Yeah. Um, I give people good. resources all the time mm-hmm. and I give people, I tell them this story just like I told you. I have no problem communicating with you. Mm-hmm. I'm also on Instagram. If you want to follow my work and boxing, um, if you want to message me on there too, it's at kofi.manga, K-O-F-I dot m-a-n-g-a okay um i'm working on my website right now eventually i'll be um have the you'll have the ability to book me for workshops and such but um that that'll come on both of my social media sites later okay so for now yeah. it's facebook under your name and then instagram yep. kofi dot manga yes exactly okay Wonderful. and then there's stuff on youtube also oh you're on youtube yeah you can just type in my name and you'll see stuff Okay, cool. Wait, yeah, what's yeah. on YouTube? Do you do like drawing, uh, like, uh, what's the word? 
the no, I haven't started thing? that yet. Okay. I haven't started because I don't know how to put a camera above me yet. Okay. I gotta figure that. I probably gotta get a tripod or something. But there's a couple like uh, mini documentaries. Uh, a student in Japan just did a, a mini documentary on, on my experience in Japan. We did that while I was over there. So that's okay. the most recent. That sort of just came out gotcha. recently. Then just there's some interviews and then there's also some boxing stuff on there. Um, nice. I'm thinking about doing a YouTube channel. I'm really busy right now, but um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I want to show on YouTube, like you know, sort of talks like this and some drawing stuff. So mm-hmm. look out for that on my social media as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Okay, <laughs> I didn't realize you were on YouTube. So okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a channel where I'm producing stuff yet, but yeah. there's just like some documentaries and interviews with me with so you far. In it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. All right. Well, um, thank you so much for mm-hmm. uh, taking the time to talk with me today. I really enjoyed, like I said, getting to know a bit about you. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, as well. this was great. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you're you very for the welcome. Opportunity. Yeah, and thank you as well. And um, mm-hmm. enjoy the. Wait, uh-huh. what is today? Today's Sunday. Oh, yes. Sunday. So enjoy Sunday. the yeah, rest yeah, yeah. of your Sunday. <laughs> thank you. You and, too. <laughs> um, yeah. Good luck to you with everything. I really do. Thank you very hope much for the best for you and everything that you're. The, everything that you're up to. Um, thank so you. excited you as well. to see. Thank you. Thank you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, I will talk to you soon. Okay. Talk to you later, Kofi. Right. See you later. All right. Bye. All right, y'all. There it is. Thanks to Kofi for being such a wonderful guest. And I hope you like how this all turned out. For the rest of you listening, don't forget to follow this podcast at Young Gifted and Abroad on Instagram and Facebook and at YG Abroad on Twitter. And don't forget to check out guest profiles and resource lists on younggiftedandabroad.com. Also, if you enjoy what you've been hearing so far, then please continue listening to this podcast on pretty much all major platforms. And you're welcome to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher while you're at it. And as always, if you have questions or comments to share, or if you yourself would like to be a guest on the show, then feel free to email me at younggiftedandabroad at gmail.com. So for the next episode in two weeks, uh, once again, (laughs) it's kind of up in the air. I'm scheduled to talk to a lot of people this month in February, uh, but the interview for next episode has not been held yet. So if all goes according to plan then the guest should be a professor who helps students get to the motherland. And that's all I can say for now. (laughs) So you can look forward to that in two weeks. But until then, thank you so much for listening and talk to you next time.